And now, it's time for Lawyers for Jesus Radio, lighting our path through law. A show about faith in the law and in the marketplace. Featuring the partners from the law firm Mauk and Baker. Located in downtown Chicago, Mauk and Baker is nationally known for defending freedom and serving the people of faith. And now, Lawyers for Jesus. Good afternoon. Welcome to Lawyers for Jesus Radio today. We're going to be finding out how to witness to our Jewish neighbors and develop relationships that lead people to Messiah. All this coming up. I'm John Mauk, and I'm an attorney and a partner for the law firm of Mountain Baker. We're Christian attorneys that focus on serving the body of Messiah with its legal needs. We do everything from estate planning, zoning, nonprofit administration. You can find us at MaukBaker.com, M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R. You can follow us on Facebook or Twitter. Today, our guest is Justin Crone, the founder of the Catcher Forum. Justin, uh, tell us about yourself. How did you, a nice Jewish boy, come to believe in Jesus? Yeah, well, I appreciate uh, the question and, and being on uh, with you today. Uh, I come from a mixed background. So half my family is Jewish on my mother's side, and then uh, the other half is not Jewish, uh, predominantly Catholic with uh, various levels of engagement uh, in both Catholicism and Judaism. Uh, And my mother, uh, who grew up in a conservative Jewish home in Skokie, Illinois, uh, did what a lot of typical Jewish people do, and that's uh, go to synagogue when it really counts, uh, which uh, we know as the high holidays, uh, because that's when the whole sin thing gets taken care of in the Jewish tradition. And uh, she also, of course, enjoyed fine Jewish delicacies like matzo ball soup and lox and bagels, which I think is probably the litmus test for whether or not you're Jewish. Uh, I think uh, you're born on the eighth day. We have a gathering with a bunch, or you're born, and then on the eighth day, we have a gathering with a bunch of people who come, and uh, we put out lox and bagels and matzo ball soup, and if uh, you make any uh, expression of interest uh, towards those, we know you're Jewish. Uh, but, of course, uh, it's a little bit more complicated for the boys, but we won't get into that today. And how about yourself? Well, yeah, so after uh, my mother uh, came to know Jesus as Messiah, uh, when I was just uh, five Let years old. Let me stop old. you. Yeah. What does it mean to know Jesus as Messiah? Well, what it means is that you acknowledge that Jesus is the promised Messiah of the Jewish people and your Redeemer, uh, the, the one who came to uh, forgive sin, to, to make atonement on your behalf. Uh, so as, that, so yeah. she made this step, this decision. Yes, she sure did. And uh, it was pretty controversial, of course, in the family, because it's not a very popular decision to make uh, as a Jewish person to embrace Jesus as Messiah. And uh, a few years later, when I was just eight years old, the same person who led her to faith, uh, Josh Wiggins, uh, uh, he had met my mother on a city train in Chicago. That's how they got acquainted. And he challenged my mom to investigate the prophecies in the Hebrew scriptures, the Old Testament, and to see if Jesus was the fulfillment of those prophecies. Well, as an eight-year-old, he didn't quite do the same thing with me, uh, but he certainly clearly laid out uh, that Jesus was the one who had come to forgive me of my sins, and by putting my faith in him, that uh, I could be reconciled to God. 
and with as much understanding as a you know eight-year-old child can have, I made that profession of faith. Uh, and that really kind of officially began my journey with Jesus. But uh, to be... You quite, feel you were yeah. born again at eight, eight years old? Yeah, with well, as, as much understanding as an eight-year-old can have about what it means to be born again. Uh, I would say, though, that that understanding really came more in my junior high, high school years. Well, you say an understanding, but did the Holy Spirit come into your heart? Do you think that that's something that happened when you were eight? I really do. Yeah, I really do. Uh, in fact, I remember uh, having a really strong desire to know more about God, uh, to read the scriptures. Uh, that's, felt that's, like a, I, that's a good sign. Yeah, I felt like I really couldn't get enough of reading the scriptures, loved going to church and, and learning more about him. Uh, love to even tell other people about him, uh, which, yeah, I would say those are probably pretty good uh, signs, good evidence, right, that uh, someone has come to know Jesus as their Savior. And uh, I'll, I'll be honest, though, for me, my my journey has really been more of learning how to reconcile uh, my Jesusness with my Jewishness. And how do you do that? Well, I think uh, it's really about learning that as a... Jewish background believer, someone from a Jewish background who follows Jesus. You say Jewish, Jewish background. Are you still Jewish? I would say, yes, I'm still Jewish. Uh, but understanding that uh, from a, a Jewish background, there is this idea that, of course, once you believe in Jesus, that you're no longer Jewish. And that's really kind of how it felt in, in many respects. Uh, the, the church environment that I grew up in. Uh, kind of treated us as Jewish believers as that's what you were, but now now you're a Christian. Uh, it's nice that you you know know something about the Jewish holidays and, and traditions, but it's really about understanding Jesus, what felt like a Gentile Jesus. And, and so you, you, at some point it seems you've come to feel that that was inadequate. Yeah. You know, I read a book by Philip Yancey called The Jesus I Never Knew. Uh, one of my favorite books on Jesus. And, and he's and got. A, how old were you at this point? So I'm in college at this point. And he has a chapter in this book called Jewish Roots and Soil. And uh, he writes, uh, I can no more understand Jesus apart from his Jewishness any more than I can understand Gandhi apart from his Indianness. And he continues and he writes, If you really want to get to know Jesus, you need to get to know his story as you would anyone else's story, and learn something of his culture, family, and background. And wow, let me tell you, the light bulb went on for me, where I really felt like, you know what? All of the Jewish uh, traditions that I've been engaging with, with my relatives, can actually inform me more about who this Jesus is, this Jesus that I follow, and that I really don't need to check my Jewishness at the door in order to be a follower of Jesus. Well, explain to us a little more what that means. You decided not to check your Jewishness at the door. What did that mean for you, Justin? Well, first and foremost, it really meant that I didn't need to stop identifying as a Jewish person. Uh, that, yeah, I could say I'm, I'm a Christian, uh, but I'm still Jewish. Uh, and I think it also meant, too, to feel comfortable about not only understanding what the Jewish holidays represented, but to celebrate them, uh, to celebrate Hanukkah, to, to have a Passover Seder in our home, uh, to spend time with some of my uh, 
Jewish believing friends observing uh, Rosh Hashanah or Yom Kippur, fasting on Yom Kippur. So you're not of the school that believes that the church has replaced Israel. I No, not at all. Um, I know there's many in the church who do believe that the church is the new Israel and, and God is done or finished with uh, ethnic Israel. Um, but uh, I would hold that uh, the promises that God made to ethnic Israel still hold true, and he will be faithful to fulfill those promises. And do you feel that the communion has replaced Passover? Uh, no, I think it's simply an extension of of the Passover. Uh, it, it's or maybe we should say it's an abbreviated version <laughs> of of the Passover. If you've ever been through a Passover, there, there's a lot involved, and we need to remember that's exactly what Jesus was doing when he was with his disciples that night before he was crucified. And simply, what he was doing is is saying, okay. Now, when you do this in remembrance of me, or, or now, I'm sorry, now when you celebrate this, do it in remembrance of me. Yes, when you do the Passover. Yes. Well, this is, this is a good litmus test uh, I use in talking to people about the Jewishness of our faith in Jesus. I said, uh, when Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me, what was he referring to? And the answer, uh, and this is only clinical based on uh, maybe a few dozen people, but most people don't know the answer. They think communion, and they don't realize that uh, he was talking about Passover Seder, and a lot of them don't even know what a Seder is. So at some point, you decided you're going to have to help educate these folks. Yeah, exactly. How old were you when that happened, and and what triggered that decision? So I was uh, working with uh, Promise Keepers, a, a national uh, ministry to men that had a, a lot of conferences going on back in the late 90s, uh, mid to late 90s. And uh, one of uh, the passions of, of that ministry was to help bring people together from different denominations and, and racial backgrounds. And uh, I really felt compelled in the midst of that, that God wanted to use me to help build bridges with the Messianic Jewish community to help bring them on board with what was going on. Uh, within that uh, particular movement. And uh, during that time... Build bridges with the Messianic community. Let me stop you there. Sure. What is the Messianic community? And are you a Messianic? Yeah. So I would be defined as a Messianic Jew, uh, someone who is Jewish, uh, who believes that Jesus is Messiah uh, and continues to stay engaged with with his Jewish identity. Uh, There is uh, a whole community Messianic congregations and so forth, uh, where it's very easy to interact with. Well, no, other I, I've leaders. heard that most Messianics aren't Jewish. Well, who who have you heard that from? Dan Gruber <laughs> and, and and others. Yeah, well, and, uh, and Messianic means a a view of the Scripture to these folks that Israel is a central plan for God's kingdom, and the Gentiles are grafted in to Israel, but they don't become Jews. Many Messianics are Jews. Uh, You want to comment on that? Can you be a Gentile? Can you be a Gentile and be a Messianic? Uh, Yes. We're going to get the answer to that. I'm going to hold you because uh, right after the the break, you've got an excellent conversation to continue. 
Welcome back to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm John Mauk, partner of the law firm Mauk and Baker, and we're talking with Justin Crone of the Kesher Forum. We're discussing Jewish culture and how that relates to bringing our Jewish brothers to see Jesus. But the question we left off with, Justin, is can you be a Gentile follower of Jesus and be a Messianic, or is being a Messianic just for Jewish believers in Jesus? Well, I think it really depends on how you define Messianic. If it's simply defined as another way of saying Christian, then yes, obviously. But I I think if we look at it as a particular view of how you engage with the scriptures, how you look at Jesus, then I would also say, yes, you you can be a Gentile and, and be messianic. Well, you, However, you gave me two yeses. Yes. So sometimes you have to have two yeses. Uh, uh, but I think it's I think it's important to understand that you cannot uh, substitute uh, the word Jewish for messianic. You're, you're either Jewish or you're not. You're either ethnically mm-hmm. Jewish. Yeah, no, I don't think yeah. a Gentile could be a messianic Jew. Correct. But they uh, certainly could be messianic I, I, as far as their engagement with. Yeah, and being part of a messianic congregation or leading a messianic congregation, it, it particularly has to do with the view of the scripture as being Israel centered and Jesus being king of the Jews. He's also the savior of all mankind, but I, I like to emphasize that the, the scriptures gave him that title. They nailed it to the cross, actually. Yeah, they sure did. And, and, yeah. and that's. His identity, and I think so much flows from getting his identity right. So you're trying to help believers in Jesus get their identity right, but you've founded something called the Kesher Forum as an outreach or bridge. That who do who do you bridge? Who do you reach out to in the Kesher Forum? Yeah, we really try to reach out to two particular groups. Uh, one is the Christian community who I think, as we've been talking here, has lost sight of the fact that Jesus is Jewish, not just that he was Jewish, but that he is Jewish. And how does that affect our understanding of him? Uh, What can we learn about that together? And so we really try to reach out to the Christian community. It doesn't really matter what their denominational background is, uh, but uh, we want to focus in on topics that will help educate us about the Jewishness of Jesus, the Jewishness of the New Testament, um, and so forth. And and then the other community. Well, well, and uh, excuse me for a second. You, sure. also, you also do some tours to Israel? Yeah, that's another aspect of uh, my work in, in ministry is to bring followers of Jesus over to the homeland of Jesus, to, to walk where Jesus walked, to see the scriptures in its uh, geographical and in even to a certain extent cultural context, although you can't fully uh, um, recreate first century culture. There are some places there that try to do that. But I think it's very helpful for Christians to actually see these these very places that they read about uh, in in the scriptures. All right. You, you talked about reaching out to believers in Jesus and you said there's a second group. Yeah, so the uh, Christian audience is our primary audience, but at the same time, a lot of these Christians have neighbors, they, they have coworkers, friends who are from a Jewish background. Uh, some of them, too, are curious about learning more about the Christian faith uh, for different reasons, uh, but 
we want to create an environment where they feel safe to come and to learn more about uh, the Christian faith from a Jewish perspective. And, and what is that environment? Why, yeah. is it, why is it safe? Well, you know, we try to make and it. What is an unsafe? Yeah, environment? what's an unsafe environment? <laughs> an, an unsafe environment, I think, for a Jewish person is one that says the Christian faith has nothing to do with you. The, the Christian faith uh, is completely different and, and separate from Judaism. And if you want to investigate Jesus, if if you want to become a follower of Jesus, you're essentially going to have to make a decision at some point to stop being Jewish. And that's not a message that we want to send to our Jewish guests. And then why, why, why is the Kesher Forum safe? Well, it's safe because we tell them just that. Uh, doesn't matter what your background is. If, if you want to learn more about Jesus, you can be here. Okay? So, so you're up front that we do talk about Jesus, we believe in Jesus, and here's a place to learn about Jesus if you are interested as a Jewish person. Exactly right. And sometimes uh, we'll even have uh, Jewish rabbis come to teach. Now, that's primar- primarily for the Christian audience, because we really do believe that we, as followers of Jesus, can even learn from people who don't believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that he was divine, that they can add perspective to the historical Jesus, uh, which enhances our understanding of who he is. Uh, if you were a Jewish person listening and thinking about Jesus, uh, maybe you just happened to tune in to this station, or you're a follower of Jesus already and you want to bring a Jewish person uh, to hear the message in a safe place, uh, how do you go about that? How, how do you connect to the Kesher Forum? I recommend uh, just going straight to my website, uh, justincrone.com, and uh, there's the Kesher Forum page on that website. And uh, you can see our schedule. You can see really laid out clearly uh, what we're what we're all about. And uh, if you have any questions, don't hesitate to track me down. And you have once once a month. Uh, yeah. So meetings? we usually try to meet uh, usually on the first or second Monday of of the month. We do take the summers off, uh, and sometimes we'll have occasional uh, special events uh, related to the things that we care about. And you can get on a mailing list, I assume. Yeah, or, you sure e- can. Email list. Yep, just, I'm, uh, I'm on it. Go to that Kesher Forum page, and and you'll see a link there where you can sign up for our updates. Now, there's been a little controversy of late from the Catholic Church and its approach to speaking to Jews about Jesus. And as I understand it, the Pope has basically said it's not right to target Jewish people. Jewish people can be evangelized, just like. We, we as Catholics would evangelize anybody, but uh, to make them a target or uh, an objective uh, is not according to Catholic teaching. Do you? Am, am I uh, characterizing that correctly? And what do you think about it? Yeah, I, I think uh, you are characterizing uh, what they've said. Um, I I would disagree with what the Catholic Church is is stating there, in in that. Uh, as followers of Jesus, as, as Christians who take the teachings of Jesus seriously, one of those teachings being to uh, go and make disciples of all people, uh, I think it is uh, incredibly important for us to think thoughtfully 
about how we go about doing that with the various people groups that he's called us to be his representatives to, his ambassadors to. Uh, clearly, one of those people groups on the planet is the Jewish community. And historically, the church has failed miserably at representing Jesus well to the Jewish community. And so I think we have a responsibility to think about how we can do that better. I'm, I'm smiling because I'm a lawyer and we try to reach lawyers. I'm, I don't think we've done that good a job, but uh, part of the Christian Legal Society. And we realize that we're best positioned as lawyers to reach lawyers because we have many of the same experiences, same training, same problems, same heartaches, uh, same struggles with uh, understanding Scripture, and we can answer questions better uh, for lawyers than than non-lawyers in many cases. Uh, and so it, it is, it is, I think, absolutely clear logically that targeting is 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 good in terms of getting your message out. Well, but in I fact, wanna... advertisers do it every day, okay? <laughs> of course. And, and I think, uh, you know, targeting is, is really just, uh, you know, it, it, we know exactly what it means, but I think it's been given a negative connotation. Uh, it's really just about how do you communicate effectively with sensitivity well, to it, a particular it, it, group of people? And that's in reaching the Jews. Now, speaking to the believers... Paul tells us in Romans 11 that Gentiles have a duty to prioritize reaching the Jews so that there might be revival. He said they're being grafted back into their own tree will be as life from the dead. Do you believe that that should be a priority or just a, just another people group that you want to evangelize? Yeah, I, I would say it. It's supposed to be a priority. I think the scriptures emphasize that, that uh, the church is indebted to the Jewish people, uh, indebted to them for how God really used them to be the vessel of bringing Messiah to the nations. Uh, and we look at uh, Romans one sixteen that we're not to be ashamed of the gospel, ashamed of the good news of Jesus, uh, uh, for... Uh, uh, it, for it's the power of God for the salvation of all who believe, Paul writes in Romans. And then he continues, but to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. And it, what he's saying there is to the Jew especially is how I translate that and equally to non-Jews. Yes. Amen. So have you found opposition to prioritizing evangelism to the Jews among followers of Jesus? Uh, I wouldn't call it uh, opposition in the sense that it's it's been intentional opposition. Uh, I, I think it's just been more apathy, uh, really, uh, within the Christian community. But, of course, the Jewish community, they don't uh, always like to have uh, Christians talking to them about Jesus. And so in that sense, yes, sometimes there is pushback. Well, thank you. Our guest has been Justin Krohn. I'm John Mouth of Lawyers for Jesus. We hope to see you every Saturday at 3 o'clock. God bless you. Gonna have to serve somebody. Yes, indeed, you're gonna have to serve somebody.